1055 or whatever games end, how would you characterize your view of this season so far in the sense of are you disappointed? Are you surprised? I am disappointed in terms of result. I'm disappointed, you know, inconsistencies were disappointing a little bit to me. But again, there's, you know, those guys are still hanging in there. You know, players and coaches are doing a great job now to hang in there. There's still time to improve, and we have 28 games left. We have to improve our position, and each team probably says the same thing. So we're going to battle, and we'll see what happens. Do you expect to be in the playoffs? Yes. Mullin Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Dan Weeder in for Mully today. Time now to go out to our score hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And that is where we find the Bulls executive vice president of operations, Arturis Karnaschovas. Good morning, Arturis. How are you? Good morning, and I'm sorry about the, any background noise. Uh, I'm at the airport. That's okay. Thanks for joining us. We'll get right to it. Obviously, you spoke yesterday about your inactivity at the trade deadline. A lot of people were expecting more. From Charles Barkley to the biggest Bulls fan, there has been a level of frustration over your inactivity. So I wonder, Arturis, when you look at where your team is at, at, the, at the deadline, mm-hmm. how do you justify this morning – Embracing the status quo for a team that has been so disappointing. Well, I think uh, you know, you, you, we were we were active uh, regardless if we made deals or not. I mean, but we just couldn't find any deals that were going to help us uh, this season and going forward. So that that said, you know, we believe that this group, our current group is going to give us the best chance, you know, next 28 games. You know, that, again, these 28 games is going to be evaluating this group. And the next next step is uh, to to make adjustments during the draft and uh, free agency. Arturis, with your own disappointment with the, the mediocrity and the inconsistency yep. that this team has shown, when you look at this finishing stretch, these 27 games that are left. What is your success target? What is the bullseye for this group down the stretch of the season? And how do you put a timeline on on when you can have a, a, a team that can contend at a championship level again? Yeah, so, I mean, I think two last two games were illustration of, you know, those frustrations that we uh, go into the fourth quarter, we have leads, you know, and then we end up losing games. So that's frustrating. And this group has to figure it out, how to win games. Now, right now, the goal is to be in the playoffs. Uh, the The fact that we flipped the script on last year and we beating good teams and losing to below 500 teams, uh, at least, you know, we stand in games and we're very competitive. Uh, we lost a lot of uh, close games and and that's where the frustration is because result, of, you know, that's what, you know, result is, is our position right now. We, we're in the ninth place and that's not where we want to be. And, you know, moving forward, obviously it's, it's, it's not acceptable. So. so you were one of two teams that did not make a trade. And so when you look at how many buyers there were around the league, how much did you consider going into sell mode, in breaking up the big three, if you will, and essentially starting over with a new roster and a new core that is, uh, would give you a, a different makeup and certainly a different outlook? 
I mean, the history will tell you that the, a lot of, uh, you know, trades at the trade deadline, you know, don't don't help you the rest of the way. The, probably it'll help you in, the, in, the, in, you know, during the draft and off season because you have more time, you know, to, to put the team together. Uh, I think two years ago when we made a trade and we traded five players, um, you know, uh, the result was the same. We, we missed out on the playoffs, you know, so it's, it's hard to make these kind of changes when, you know, you, you, you change players, you know, you, uh, they come to you, they're still in shock, and you got 27 games left right now that you need some, uh, conti- you know, like consistency. And uh, this group has a chance now to uh, to put together and a run and see what happens. With the volume of activity that you described uh, being active in, in looking for opportunities to make a deal, is there anything that, that you learned in talking to other uh, folks around the league about your roster, how it's viewed, and, and, and what you need to do to, to kind of capitalize on, on what you can maximize with this current group? Yes. I mean, we, we've made a ton of calls. Obviously, we received a lot of calls. Um, uh, we had a lot of good players. And uh, the thing is that you know, in, in, in this market, there were a lot of buyers, you know, and not a lot of sellers. Um, every team uh, still thinks that they are still still in it. And that creates, you know, the market that it's it's, it's very hard to make deals. And, uh, um, you know, we thought that the best opportunities for those deals are going to be during the draft and uh, free agency. Joined by Arturis Karnaschovas here on the Mullinghaw Show on the score so the buyout market is something you addressed during your pregame press conference. I know you will be looking for possibilities and additions. I don't know if you can address some of the, the names that are out there uh, or are about to be out there. There's going to be speculation about Russell Westbrook. But Arturis, I think that last night underscored how badly the Bulls need a three-point shooter. You look at the Nets and their ability to hit 12 three-pointers or 17 three-pointers, and, and you look at the Bulls, Last night had five, and that has been happening too often this year. Will three-point shooting be a priority in the buyout market? Uh, It's hard to say. Um, I think the the three-point rate, we do admit that, you know, we're one of the last uh, teams in the league. However, we capitalize, and and we have a lot of good, uh, you know, good shooters. Uh, We just don't generate enough, you know. Um, but we, like I said, you know, at, at the end of the third quarter, we were still in it, regardless of our three-point shooting. We were what five for twenty-four, five for twenty-five. Um, so, yeah, I mean, shooting is one of the things we're going to look at. You've stressed your your focus on the present, which obviously includes this finishing stretch of of 27 games that remain. But looking beyond this, what is your long-term view and and the timeline that you see for making enough progress, enough headway to become a championship-level team again? I think next one to seven games will, you know, will will sort of stress exactly where we're going. So we just going to be seen you know like i i don't i don't know where we're going to be um mid-april uh and that's very interesting for me to find out and once we have that result you know we can make adjustments and we can establish our direction
So, Arturis, when you're 26 and 29 and you have been largely disappointing and even you acknowledged that yesterday, a lot of times it falls at the feet of the coach and you wonder if the coach is getting through to the, to the talent on the roster that you have put together. How would you evaluate the job Billy Donovan has done to this point of the season? And going back to the fall, we haven't talked to you a lot, but why was his contract extension kept such a secret? Usually that is something the team proudly announces. Well, in terms of uh, Billy's job, Billy and his staff did an unbelievable job this year. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm there with them uh, in the same building. Uh, we've tried, you know, uh, to engage this group and, you know, and to improve this group. Um, again, results are not there, but there's so many close games that we, we lost this year, uh, which is obviously reflecting our um, standings right now, and it's, it's a disappointing thing. A couple of games go our way, you know, we, we have, you know, 500. Uh, is, is that where we want to be? No. Uh, the objective, obviously, is going to be, you know, we've got to do better than that. So we'll look at everything and make sure that, you know, by April we have, you know, we have our thoughts put together. Artuis, you've expressed confidence in the ability to lengthen the relationship with Vooch and, and to be able to come to an agreement to, to keep him here uh, beyond this year, obviously. What do you value most about what Vooch brings to your team, and, and why do you feel confident that that, can, uh, that that deal can be reached? Well, Vooch is one of our most consistent guys, and he's always available. and That's a huge value for us. You know, it's... Is has been since we acquired him from Orlando. Has been always, you know, always available and you know consistently producing. You know, so we gotta we gotta find ways right now in terms of how we can win as a team. You know, because we I think we have a we have good players, but now they have to put it together, and they have 27 games now left uh, uh, to to obviously improve our standings. When you came to Chicago, one of the biggest assets that you brought and one of the things that was said about your past was that the player development was a priority. Arturis, you look at Patrick Williams, and he has been struggling with consistency. Last night was the latest example, not playing for the final 20 minutes. Dalen Terry, I thought, would have a, a more of a, a role on this team based on where he was drafted. At what point do we start to wonder, do you start to wonder about how players are being developed uh, during your regime? Well, you know, we put a huge emphasis on development. Obviously, you know, uh, during the season, uh, it's, 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 it's hard because it's, it's a lot of games. There's no practices. Uh, the offseason is, uh, you know, when players work on their individual improvements. But I thought that, you know, Io and, you know, and Patrick made, uh, improvements this year, but again, consistency is the key, and that's the quality of the player. You got to get to the point where you're consistent every game, and uh, coaching staff knows exactly what they're getting from you. What can these final 27 games tell you that you don't already know about this team? Um, I, I thought that this year the one improvement with this team is more resilient. There were a lot of games that we were had no 
no chance of being in it, and we kept fighting. So I think the resilience and staying in the games. Uh, you know, the, last year we were beating bad teams, and we were getting blown out by good teams. So there's there's improvement in in resiliency with this group. So next one is seven games, regardless of what's going to happen, we're going to find out a lot. We know you have a flight to catch. We appreciate your time. On the way out, last question. You know, this is your first uh, encounter in Chicago with maybe criticism, with maybe cynicism that is building up uh, over years that when you weren't here, I just wonder when you see some of the reactions to your inactivity, when you see some of the frustration from Bulls fans or, or people in the media, how does it affect you and what is your reaction to it? No, I I feel for them because I'm as frustrated, you know, to lose games uh, as they are, and I think, um, you know, I and I I think I when I came I I said it that you know I expect to be criticized when we're losing, you know, and obviously you're going to be praised when you're winning. So uh, we've seen you know last year improvements and reactions and. Now it's not going so well, so I expect that kind of reaction. I'm frustrated during the games and watching the games just as our fans do, but I'll do everything possible to uh, to make adjustments and uh, to improve this team. Arturis, thank you so much for your time. Safe travels coming back. Look forward to talking again. Thank you. Thanks, Arturis. Arturis Karnaschovitz, the executive vice president for the Chicago Bulls, on his way back from Brooklyn traveling this morning and obviously took some time out to address the questions that are on the minds of many Bulls fans this morning. Acknowledge the frustration. I think he's putting a lot on these final 27 games, Dan, and I I don't know uh, if anything is going to change. This has been a team that's been a model of inconsistency. It's been maddening to watch at times. They're 26 and 29, and I don't know if the way that they approach the trade deadline with a seeming – the uh, 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 contentment, it seems. I don't want to call it complacency, but there seems to be this idea that they did not have to make a major move because the last 27 games we'll find out exactly who they are. I think we already know. They've already shown us. That's why I followed up with that question on what they can learn in these last 27 games that, that, that they don't already know. He seems to speak with a, a combination of, of hope and confidence that they, they, will, they will gather more information and more learning experiences over these final 27 games. And sometimes that can be an attachment to wanting to see something that's not there and hoping it eventually breaks through. I've experienced it a lot with the team that I cover on a regular basis of, of, of convincing yourself that you're, you're right there. You're so close. I don't know that they are. And, and, and so it's going to be really interesting to see if this season ends what the sober and grounded view of, of what this team is and where they're headed really is. He's, Trusting the backs of their basketball cards. He's trusting the experience and the careers of Vooch and DeMar DeRozan and even to some degree Zach Levine to be the players that they think they can be and to surround them with the talent that they feel like is good enough for them to win more than 26 games of the first 55. They're better than 26 and 29. He's waiting for him, for everyone else to see what he sees. But I just don't know if... I were in his role approaching the trade deadline where the rest of the league making moves, being bold, showing some, sh- showing some aggressiveness that I expected 
out of Arturis Karnaschovas. I thought that was going to be the guy. He was here five minutes, and he was making the trade for Vooch yeah. and giving away Wendell, Wendell Carter Jr. So I wonder where that's gone, and he was he addressed it without necessarily addressing it. He's placing so much on this final 27-game stretch that I just I just don't know if anything's going to be different. Well, to that end, I'd like to see the activity log that he describes. In, in the conversations that were had in, in recent days and weeks in terms of what the, they were trying to get done. Again, we talked about if, if, if your best-case scenario dreams had come through during this cycle of, of roster replenishing or rebuilding or whatever you want to call it at this, at this stage, what would those check, you know, the, the, the checklist look like? And well, that, that obviously, none of the boxes were checked, and right. they, they, they stayed put. They, they didn't hear but what, what they were they trying to, to do? Well, I, you know, I wonder and, and, if they knew. And I think that obviously they did. They were going to be closer to – they wanted to, to maintain the status quo. They wanted continuity, whatever that's worth. Not much, but they wanted to maintain that. What I wondered is what I asked him as he saw the rest of the league buying, buying, buying. You know, this, there was a run on players and big trades, and there was all this movement going on throughout the league. How close did he come? How much did he consider – being a seller in that moment, impulsively maybe, or get like, oh, gee, I, I could see that, but this would mean we're starting over. Did he, did he ever come close to hitting that reset button philosophically? When you're this deep into a season and you're below 500 and you're the ninth best team in the East and your, your path is pretty well established at this point, the vision has to be longer than 27 games. And I hope internally that it is for this organization, that they are not just expecting some sort of massive, significant revelation in 27 games, right. that, they, that they have conditioned themselves to understand that there's a, a realistic scenario that nothing will be learned. As you mentioned just a, a few minutes ago, I'm all for having best-case scenario discussions. That, that's, that's absolutely paramount within an organization, but you also have to have worst-case scenario discussions and then find your way to a middle ground that says, this is probably realistic. The gray area. And, and that's when you talk Nobody about likes the, to live there. the backs of the, 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 the basketball cards, right? Like, like, yes, if A, B, and C happen to the highest level and if you get this production to reach best-case scenarios, fantastic, but, but the odds aren't there. We just got done talking to Joe Fortinball. Let's talk about odds, right? Like, so what, what are the, the minus 100 odds? You know, where are we there? And that usually tells you what you are and who, who you, you know, and, and what you can become. We wanted accountability from AK. We got it. He answered the questions. He addressed the inactivity. He defended embracing the status quo. Okay, that's accountability. How yes. about clarity? Did we get clarity? Did you hear it, Bulls fans? What do you want to know? And what did you hear from AK? Let us know what you thought. 312-644-6767. We'll address that next. It's Mully and Haw. Dan Weeder in for Mully today. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This group has to figure it out, how to win games. Now, right now, the goal is to be in the playoffs. Uh, the the fact that we flipped the script on last year and we beating good teams and losing to below 500 teams, at least we stand in games and we're very competitive. Uh, we lost a lot of uh, close games, and that's where the frustration is because result, you know, that's what you know result is is our position right now. We we're in the ninth place, and that's not where we want to be. Welcome back. Mullen Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Dan Weeder in for Mully today. That was the voice of our tourist current showbiz. We just had our interview with the Bulls executive vice president. It sounds as if, Dan, when you hear him repeat some of the themes that he did during our interview, this is on the players. It's clear to me that he doesn't necessarily look at this as a coaching problem, even though some people – out there, there's some growing restlessness with Billy Donovan. That's understandable when you're 26 and 29 and came into the season expecting to take the next step. But Arturis is placing this at the feet of the players. Clearly, to me, I think the only player he sounded bullish about, if you will, Vooch. was Vooch. Yeah, Vooch. I mean, it, it was clear that he has uh, proven himself to AK as as steady, as a, a reliable, as available. You know, that was a word that was was well-chosen, you know, in that regard. But again, there's this sort of command, to your point, that the players produce over these final 27 games. And so now it's imperative on everyone to get to the end of these 27 games and and really circle back and, and press AK and the entire organization on, okay, now what? Oh, they will. You know, I, I think that's going to happen. Of course. I, I think the honeymoon of is officially course. over. Right. <laughs> but, but you know, right. Like, and that's, you know, the hourglass is flipped over. And when those 27 games end, okay, now you have uh, told us that you are going to have a, a, a full performance review, right? That tells because you everything. Once you deflect from the coach and you put it on the players, and then you can only, you, you, you can only go so many different directions. At some point in time, the fingers are going to be pointing in his direction. And oh, yeah. you wonder how long. Uh, it's going to be before that happens, and that is is basically, I think, the next step. If we're not there already because Bulls fans are fed up, and (laughs) we know a lot of you have already called, and and we're going to get to as many of you as possible. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Let's start the conversation with Dave, who is on the road. Dave, welcome to Mullen Haw. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um uh, I think our tourist has made, you know, a number of mistakes, but I, you know, we'll see what he's, what he's made of. I, I, I like what, what he says. And, um, you know, I think one of the mistakes was uh, obviously Lonzo ball is like a total lemon with like the degenerative knee issues and we have no point guard. Um, so, you know, don't have somebody to set the table. Um, I think Vooch and, um, and uh, Demar are pieces to build around, and I, I'm not a Zach Levine fan. I don't, I don't think he's a winner, and I think that we'll probably move on from him, you know, after this season and try to get some picks and players for him. But I'm not a fan of him. I think on there, he could be valued to other teams that have some, you know, guys that could, you know, take you to the to deep into the postseason. But 
he's a he's a guy that I I'd, I'd like to move on from for sure. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate the phone call. Easier said than done. I don't know if you're going to be able to move on from a player you just committed the max contract to to signing and investing in him. And they may have tried yesterday to unload Zach Levine, but it's not easy to right. do that in the NBA. As, as much as we have seen big, bold trades, not simple. Well, and his future, whether it's here or an attempt to, to move him, is paramount to, to which way this whole thing pivots. You know, it's kind of that. Plus, I still think that you can win with him. I think he can be part of a winning formula. I know Dustin's kind of looking at me funny. And I know a lot of people out there in the audience may be cringing. I don't think it, you would give up on Zach. I don't look at that as the answer and the solution to all of your problems. I don't know if you do if you solve them or you create more if you unload him. You know, you use the phrase part of a winning formula. Okay, well, now what's the engine of that winning formula? And, and that's what I think they're struggling to to find. You know, that they, they just don't have anything that, that – is the engine and it's why it's like every month it's like is this is this the you know the breakthrough that we've been waiting for and then you you, you get three days later and you go no it wasn't <laughs> you know there's still the same old team and they're 26 and 29 at this point let's go back to the phone line steve is on the road steve welcome to the mullen haw show hi uh dave and uh dan uh this is the first time i've heard our tourists uh speaking and uh i was kind of disappointed because I heard indecisiveness. Uh, it's like I, I heard a person that maybe really didn't have a plan of what uh, uh, going forward. And uh, I heard him skirting the issues. Dan asked him a direct question about what, the, what they're going to see in the next 27 games. He never answered that at all. He went a totally diff- different direction. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm kind of wondering about uh, uh, you know, the capabilities of our tourists here. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate the phone call. He's not going to give you much. You can ask him a lot of things. You can give him the open-ended question and hope for the revealing and enlightening answer. That's just not who he is, and we can accept that. But I did think that he deflected your direct question about what you're going to see in the final 27 games that perhaps we haven't seen in the first 55. Well, two parts of that, because his answer to that was basically we saw resilience this year. You know, leading up to the final 27 games, he, he's found resilience. But, well, what, what are you looking for now? You know, what's next? How, how does this team get over the hump that it hasn't been able to get through? To Steve's point, we talked earlier in the morning about how it's paramount for the Bulls and obviously with AK as the voice of it to provide reassurance at this point to its, its fan base. And what Steve got was indecision. He was looking for reassurance, and he got indecision. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, you did want – we're getting some of the reaction to that from the text line as well. You wanted maybe more of the frustration that you feel you wanted to hear more of it echoed. in his voice. Yeah, echoed or amplified. It, 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 look, it's, it's why I have circled back multiple times to the 2020 Bears, right, where everyone knew that that 8-8 eight and eight team that went to New Orleans to play a playoff game and got their doors blown off. Do we not have enough three-point shooting? <laughs> no. Right. Yeah, we lost the teams we should have beaten. <laughs> but everything yes. else is there. But everything else is there. Right. And and, and and you remember the rage that that cycled off of that because it's like, do, do you not see the same thing we're seeing or do you just refuse to acknowledge the same thing we're seeing? And that's where that's where the, that um, bridge of reassurance needs to be built. And, and they've got, you know, look, it's, it's not just today. Going forward, they have to figure out how to build that bridge. 708 texts in, can't build around 34-year-old players. Good point. 630. I wish I could make a $250 million mistake on my job and keep it. <laughs> well played. Let's go back to the phone lines. Russ is in Palos Heights. Good morning, Russ. Welcome to Mullen Haw. 
Thanks a lot for having me. Uh, the benching by uh, Donovan of uh, Pat Williams uh, in the last 20 minutes was a direct finger pointed at uh, Karnaschovitz. <laughs> the uh, fact that uh, Donovan has to field five people every time he's out there, and one of them happens to be uh, the Pat Williams, means that he's got four or five guys on five. Uh, he has not developed. He's timid, and he can't shoot, and he has no apparent baseball, uh, basketball IQ. Thanks, Russ. Think, Appreciate uh, the phone call. He's athletic, though. He gives you that hope, and he teases you every now and then when he is aggressive, when he does rebound, when he's forced to you know, trigger that offensive uh, mentality where he attacks the basket. The problem with Patrick Williams, to me, is from the shoulders up sometimes in that he doesn't always see those opportunities there for him to take. He's got to take them more often. He's got to come into the gym every single time before every single game with that attack mentality. Part of that's coaching. Yeah, I don't want to put that all at the feet of the guy, of the guy who drafted him because it's, it's a collaborative effort, if you will. Player development is just not a singular effort by a coach or an assistant or an executive. It's got to be a shared enterprise. Well, now you're at a point where you need to know what the future is, right, and, and what the potential is and, and what the direction of that development is going to be. And that can only be learned through opportunity. And when opportunity is stifled a little bit, you lose opportunities to learn. And look, I'm always careful, particularly in the football world, to have the knee-jerk reaction of being like, how are you going to learn about this guy's development if you don't play him? In football, you only get one game every week for you know 17 weeks plus a bye. In basketball, you're playing all the time. Maybe they see things in practice that we're not privy to that, that give them some hesitance. But at, at this point, 26 and 29, trying to figure out a path you, forward, you need, you need to learn everything You about. do, especially, Dan, when, when Arturis came to town. The whole idea and the whole on his resume, one of the most glowing things about it, what people said about him, player development. Yeah. Player development. And it's Patrick huge. Williams has not developed like a fourth overall pick should. Dale and Terry, maybe we were wrong in the summer, but I think that there was an expectation that by now, 55 games in, he'd be part of the rotation. I was say, at least part of something. He'd be the energy guy. <laughs> He'd be the eight-minute-a-night a guy. He'd be somebody who you could put in for defensive possessions and win them. That hasn't happened. Great great for the Windy City Bulls, Yeah, but I don't care about the Windy City Bulls. I care about the Chicago Bulls. I, I'm, I shouldn't say that. They do a great job out there, but, you know, and I love the games, and they do terrific. But you get the point. You're not, you're not drafting these guys so they are standouts for the Windy City Bulls. You want them beating the Nets on a, on a midweek game in February. And again, you need to be able to see two different pictures at once. And it's, it's the final 27 games, and it's everything that's beyond the final 27 games. And, and, and so you need, you need to, to know what you're trying, you know, where are you going? What is, what is the target? And, and, and how do you get there? And what pieces do you need to move around to at least explore? Is this, does this give us a path to the ultimate goal, which is being a championship contender, it's not to be, oh, you know, we can we can sneak in a, a bottom seed in the East and and try to play in the playoffs. Like that, great, awesome. The the goal here is to add to the trophy case, and to add to the trophy case, you have to figure out how you're going to get there. We're going to get to all the phone calls. We're going to refer to many of the texts because I do think that this is 
a, a big morning for, for Bulls fans. Not a good morning necessarily, but it is something that you can react to, the inactivity at the deadline. Maybe you heard something from AK that, that you want to respond to. Maybe you didn't hear enough. Whatever the case may be, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to discuss, which before we break down the last point here, I do think it's interesting how he will respond to the criticism he hasn't yet experienced in Chicago. Yeah. We have a good text that asks the question, if Gar Foreman and John Paxson had put together this roster and this was the result of their doing and their handiwork, what would be the reaction? There'd be a picket line at the United Center <laughs> next time there's, there's there, a game. There would, it would be more, <laughs> even more negative. It would be even more visceral. It would be even more vicious, perhaps. But I think that it's a good question because we thought that we had – hit reset on some of those emotions as well. And you started over with AK when he took the job. This is his first encounter with that kind of adversity. Well, look, it, it, it is so interesting all the time to um, see how people react to situations that they didn't create but have contributed to, correct? Like the, 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 the longstanding track record of mediocrity that this organization has experienced post-Michael only has Arturis's fingerprints on it for – you know, what, however many months it is now. So he's not accountable for all those things that came before him, but he has to understand that it has created the impatience and the urgency and the frustration and all the emotions that come with being someone in the, the Chicago Bulls fan base that has experienced this for an extended period of time. Again, this isn't three years, five years, it's 25 years that they haven't been able to to even approach the levels of success that they had prior to that. More of your phone calls, more national reaction when we come back. Big day for Bulls fans. We will get to it all. Dan Weeder is in for Mully. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Billy and his staff did an unbelievable job this year. You know, I'm, I'm there with them uh, in the same building. Uh, we've tried, you know, uh, to engage this group and, you know, and to improve this group. Again, results are not there, but there's so many closed games that we we lost this year, uh, which is obviously reflecting our standings right now, and it's, it's a disappointing thing. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Dan Weeder are in for Molly today. That was our turns card to show us during our interview at 8 o'clock. Addressing the Billy Donovan question, and there are two questions that were part of that, Dan. Number one, 26 and 29. When you're saying the team is disappointing, you're, you're in the, the roster or players you believe in, can you point the finger at the coach indirectly, even unintentionally? That's understood. He accepts that. Secondly, I asked him about the contract extension because that's the first time that I think Arturis Karnaschovs has been asked directly about the contract extension, the Bulls kept quiet, placed in a drawer, and didn't announce, and just kind of, oh, by the way, later, months later, yeah, Billy Donovan signed a, signed a new deal. He's, he's uh, empowered to do whatever he wants because he's got the contract security. So he was addressing some of those questions, and I think that is a long time coming for him to do that. What did you make of the response to the, 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 the sort of – um, I don't know, willingness, but but just not to, I, to be so public with that that announcement. I'm not around the team every day. I, I, I acknowledge that. But I do believe that in talking to people or just in observing, Billy Donovan and Arturas have a very good relationship. I don't sense any friction. I don't even think that there was an intent to – 
to point the finger in that direction. Anything that we are reading into it, we're reading into it. Sure. I think he was probably very careful going into any time that he talks publicly about the Bulls to not make it sound like Billy Donovan is part of the problem because I do believe he thinks he's still part of the solution. Yeah. Um, this is complicated, right? I, don't, I, don't I think mean, everyone agrees. And, and you know, when you get a puzzle – there's a picture on the top of the box that tells you what you're trying to build, you know, and I'm not sure that the pieces inside that box match up with what the, what the picture on the top of the box is right now. They've got to figure out what that means. Well, regarding Billy Donovan, Larry is in Naperville, and we go back to the score listener line, powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. And Larry has a thought on Billy Donovan and AK support for him. Hey, Larry. Hi, guys. How you doing? Um, you know, that was a really disappointing press conference. You know, it, it was a joke. I mean, it's kind of like saying that Rick Hahn last August would say, Tony's doing a great job. Uh, I mean, he is such a great – he's doing phenomenal. Billy Donovan, with his gum-chewing press conferences, is absolutely the main problem on this team. Zach Levine, of course, is extremely flawed, and there's flawed performers on this team. But – you watch him consistently let a guy who can't dribble, Zach Levine, bring up the ball. You only had three turnovers in the last five minutes last night, which is which is common for him. And he he takes out Io DeSumo, the only guy who can control the ball. He's not Chris Paul. I'll give you all that. But he he Billy Donovan, he has not had done anything for Patrick Williams. He's digressed with Io DeSumo. It's his fault. He has no control over the team on how to play the game in the last five minutes. I don't want to hear that there's close games. It's like saying the Sox only lost five to three. We were close. I mean, are you out of your mind? This guy has not won anything. All right. Thanks, Larry. I, I don't think that I would go that far on the Billy Donovan criticism. I accept that you do. I respect your point of view. There are other people that agree with you. There are a lot of people that agree with Larry, that Billy Donovan is a big part of the problem. I don't think it has anything to do with his gum chewing. I think that's sort of like <laughs> something that triggers people. Tom Thayer mentioned that yesterday. He put him in his top three gum chewers of all time. Ditka, Pete Carroll, Billy Donovan. That's quite a list. So criticism accepted. I think you could find things that are worthy of criticism this year for Billy Donovan. He's not had a good season, but his team is 26 and 29, so neither have his players. I appreciate Larry's passion. I, I, for you and I to stay on brand, maybe we need to have the discussion on whether the Bulls need to learn to win. <laughs> <laughs> no, not today. Not, not, not today, not, Dan. Not the morning for that. Not, not the morning what for that. About, Just thought what I'd about suggest tanking it. Now? What, 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 how would you feel about the Bulls tanking the rest of the way? Are you kidding me? Uh, for what? They, they, yeah, they, they don't have their pick. I don't know anything that rhymes with Wembayama. I, I don't know. So well, it's I, top I four protected, right? Right. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's, so I mean, they you, can't do that. <laughs> there, there will be no Owen, hashtag O for Owen twenty seven. No, that'd be quite a gamble. They've got twenty seven games left. They're going to make the playoffs. Ugh. They're going to make the playoffs. The East going... is wide open again. Uh, we heard that yesterday. Did you watch the game last night? It was a balance, the balance of power shifted to the West. <laughs> Two things are true. I did watch the game last night. They still need a three point shooter. Maybe they can find one in the buyout market. If you get one, maybe you're better. And the East is wide open again. I, I the yeah, Nets. You, hold on. Can you define wide open? Uh, yeah, the the but, Nets. The top three teams are like super heavy top. Yeah. Well, but, the, but, but you can get two up to days six. ago, five <laughs> days ago, there were there were four teams at the top. 
Now there's an opening that's wide open for a team to go it's, into so that top four. it's wide open to get to, like, fifth or sixth. Fourth. No, like I'm not saying the Bulls are going to get there. What do you think the Cavs? What do you think of the Cavs? Yeah, the Cavs. I think the Cavs are pretty good with Donovan Mitchell. I think the Cavs have more justification for standing pat the trade deadline than the Bulls did. Maybe a little statement game on Saturday night. Statement game. Statement game. Eight games better than the Bulls right now, right? And and that's that's what separates them from from the mythical fourth seed in the East, which is now the new goal. Saturday night, the Cavs, right? Right here on the score, 6-15 with Chuck's pregame. Well, I think that is the status quo bowl before the Super Bowl. Both teams stood pat at the deadline, and I don't mean Patrick Williams, but those two teams did nothing. Then the Cavs had the reasons to defend doing nothing more than the Bulls did, I think. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Ed is in Gray's Lake. Good morning, Ed. Welcome to Mullen Haw. Good morning. Uh, First-time caller, long-time listener. Um, I, it, it doesn't matter if they tank or who they pick or, you know, who they pick up through the draft. I mean, you just look at their history and, you know, it's the development of these players that they have so much faith in and the lack of development. And when they give up on them and get rid of them, then they start to develop their game even more in, you know, on other teams like Laurie Marketing and um, Wendell Carter. You can even go back to Bobby Portis. Uh, who you know? Who was a, a great role player in in, in Milwaukee? So it, it's not just I think the coaching staff, but the coaches they put around them to help develop these players uh, is what's lacking. Thanks for the phone call, Ed. No doubt about it. Player development has been a disappointment when you're talking about Patrick Williams and, and Dalen Terry, two first round draft picks that have struggled with consistency. I get it. So that's 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 a criticism that they really can't counter right now. In every sport, we tend to hype and, and preview and cover drafts like the be-all, end-all. And the piece of that that Ed just mentioned is the development piece. It's what comes after the draft. It's how do, how do you squeeze the most out of these acquisitions and young players that you acquire and make them part of a winning future? And you've got to figure out what that looks like. You've got to find that formula. You've got to understand that, that development is such a huge piece of, of the climb. Right, and the climb is is where you know when we're talking about the bulls, what, what the climb it just keeps getting hit by a rock slide. I missed such an opportunity this morning with you uh, here for Molly. We could have had a pick six question: Whose performance in the final two minutes concerns you more, Justin Fields or Zach Levine? <laughs> Dan Weederer, tell us that. I'll I'll take it back to the final six or seven minutes. And <laughs> we can have a, a lengthier discussion. Who needs to learn how to win more? The Bulls or the Bears? Dan Weederer, tell us that. Again, remember, we put a moratorium on the – I know I reintroduced it this morning, <laughs> but the, the phrase learn to win has been has been banned. And, you and introduced we, it. I know. I, I agree. I agree. But we changed it to develop a winning formula, oh, okay. right? That's been, and so we? now our tourists and company need to figure out a way to develop a winning formula because they're not winning. and I, they, they have not figured out what that looks like. Um, again, like, you know, the, the other thing, you know, with Lonzo Ball, uh, you know, you, you rewind 13, 14 months and you see what they thought he meant and, 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 and productively what he did mean to this team. And now you're in a, a situation where you say, is, is he not necessarily the, the, the block in the Jenga tower that knocks it all over, but is he one that all of a sudden it becomes way too wobbly? I don't know that you can count on that. It, uh, we had a couple textures to this degree. You can't count Real it. quickly. Did, was it wrong that I didn't even ask AK about Lonzo Ball intentionally because I just don't think it's ground he needs to cover? I think we all know what's going on here. They can make it official whatever they choose. He's not coming back. 
Well, if there wasn't a time limit, we, you know, we would have gotten to that. It's certainly on, yeah. on my list over here. And it, but we did see, have a time limit. Yeah, we wanted just, to respect that, and it wasn't, wasn't uh, necessary to cover ground. We kind of knew what he, the way that he would answer it. Yeah, and it'll be asked again, and, and again, they're going to provide an update here with, within the calendar month on that topic, and there'll be more opportunity to figure out what exactly that says or tells us, and I don't think any of it is going to be a surprise. Well, we're going to take the opportunity to talk Super Bowl. It is a Friday of Super Bowl week. We have Super Bowl matchups to discuss. We have Kansas City Dan is in the house to tell us why the Chiefs are going to win. And we're all gonna, also going to talk about Devin Hester not getting into the Hall of Fame class in 2023. Lots more to cover in the final hour. It's Mullion Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.